Our scripture reading this morning is from the book of 1 Thessalonians, the beginning of the Apostle Paul's letter to the church at Thessalonica. I'll be reading from uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, beginning at verse 2. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of, lo- uh, your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers loved by God, that he has chosen you, Good morning, church. Thank you so much for being here today. I know that we have several uh, visitors. Uh, I think about Ben Coleman and his group from Eastside. They're here. and We're thankful that you guys are here. And I want to encourage all of you to uh, take an opportunity uh, after our service this morning and get to know them and welcome them. And we thank you for being here. And there's other visitors, and we thank you for being here as well. There's a lot going on in our church family. Uh, we got a group uh, of, of our folks that are over at Country Place, and, and I had the opportunity to be over there yesterday, and they're having a, a good time. The only thing I can't figure out is um, uh, what spitting crickets has to do with... Uh, spirituality. I don't know, but they did it, and uh, they had a good time with it. So uh, they're they're having a great time, and they'll be traveling back today. Uh, In fact, uh, right now, at 10.30. If I remember correctly on the schedule, they're having their worship as well. And uh, Daniel Overton is over there speaking uh, speaking with them. I, I love retreats. Um, in, in my time in ministry, I've normally been uh, there on Sunday mornings. And, and, and I've worked with preachers and they... Uh, they they talk about how that void is missing on Sunday morning. And, and so I'm seeing that and feeling that a little bit this morning. But I think about Matt Cook spoke last night and, and he was talking about is where you are where you want to be. And he was talking about um, making a, a point and he was using various Disney characters. And, and he made mention about the, the movie Cars. Uh, that, that came out back uh, uh, about 2010, I think he said, and how Lightning McQueen in that movie thought he was some great race car. And, and he made the point, when was it that he realized he wasn't really the car that he wanted to be? It was when he uh, ended up in Radiator Springs, some hole-in-the-wall town that had been forgotten about, that he realized and he became the car that he wanted to be. And I say that to say, you know, Retreats are necessary. Retreats give us an opportunity to get away from the hustle and bustle of everyday life, all, all the, uh, um, the things that we have going on in our life. And I know Ben and his group, you've probably experienced some of that this weekend. And it gives us an opportunity to focus, to focus really on the things that are important. You know what's also interesting and special? Shouldn't that be the way Our coming together is as well. Our coming together on Sundays and Wednesdays and any other time ought to be the time where we come together and and we retreat from the world and we encourage one another and we build each other up and we can uh, sometimes forget about those things out in the world, those everyday things that we're dealing with and we can make things right and we can lean on one another and build one another up and that's what retreats do. But we're talking about the church and that's what we've been talking about this month. I also want to encourage you to come back tonight. Um, 
We're going to be singing and reading some scriptures. I don't want you to look at this as, oh, well, that's singing night. I want you to see this as an opportunity. We've been focusing on the church this month. And tonight, we're going to, uh, Bradley's going to lead some of the songs that we've been singing this, this month about the church. We're going to read some scriptures from the lessons we looked at about the church. All building up to next Sunday, our fifth Sunday, when Keith Parker will be here. Have you given someone a flyer and invited them? Uh, Keith is going to be talking to us about keys to creating a great church family. Some of the very things we've been looking at this month. And so I want to encourage you to be here. We'll have a meal together. Uh, It'll be a great day. You will not want to miss it. Put that on your calendar. Invite someone. You will want to be here. Don't forget Saturday uh, about our work day. Um, as we've mentioned, that is for men and women. Don't think because you're not a man in this congregation, you don't have a part in what we're going to be doing Saturday morning. We need everyone possible to be here uh, to accomplish these jobs. So make sure that you're a part of that. Make sure that you have an announcement sheet or a bulletin. A lot of things going on. The next few weeks will be crazy. Uh, each Sunday we'll have a special day. Uh, fifth Sunday next week. Senior Sunday's coming up. Mother's Day. And then our church picnic. we got a lot of things going on. Uh, even beyond that. And our bulletin is full of that. I want you to remember something as well. We've been blessed here. In a lot of ways, but we've been blessed with some great secretaries over the years. Miss Ann has done a great job over the years. Others have uh, filled in and done a great job. Uh, Miss Debbie does a great job. Uh, there's a lot of things that goes on behind the scenes that uh, she she really keeps a lot of things together. Uh, I heard, heard the uh, just this weekend that uh, since Miss Debbie's been here, a lot of those retreats are more organized. Uh, she she's the glue that holds some of that together, and she does a lot of great things. This week is. Administrative Assistance Week. It's particularly on Wednesday. So I, I hope that you'll encourage Miss Debbie with a note or an email, uh, even Miss Ann, and thank her for all the work that, that she's done over the years and others that fill in. Encourage these individuals. Send them a note. Send them an email, a text. Let them know how much we appreciate what they have done and are doing. I also want to uh, bring you up to date. To, uh, look at those on our prayer list. Pray for them. Uh, some are, di- are struggling. Uh, Eddie Rains is down in the hospital. Uh, in Magnolia, I talked to Miss Kathy yesterday, and uh, his his condition is slowly, and I want to uh, emphasize slowly improving. But he's dealing with a lot of things. Um, Miss Betty seems to be getting better. Uh, Sharon Hagee has gotten better, but uh, still dealing with some things. Uh, and then Russell Neal, uh, Russell has has gotten to a critical point uh, in his battle, and so I, I want you to remember uh, Linda and Russell, uh, especially as uh, he deals with. With uh, these difficult days, and, and as he's in the, a critical uh, situation, let's just pause real quickly and, and have a prayer on their behalf. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all that are gathered here today. We thank you for our visitors. Uh, we thank you for being in his group uh, from East Side that's here with us today for their great weekend. We, we're thankful for our group, uh, Father, who has been over at Country. Tr- place. We we're thankful for their great weekend. We pray that you will be with all these traveling back. We pray that you will keep them safe. We pray for our members that are visiting and worshiping with other family members today. We're thankful that they have this opportunity. But Father, we pray that you will be with them as they travel back as well and keep them safe. Father, we are thankful for those that on our sick list that have been improving. We pray that you continue to be with those in, our, in the hospital. Uh, Miss Betty Blunt, 
Sharon Hagee as she's been in the hospital, uh, Eddie Rains. Uh, Father, be with them and continue to help their conditions to improve. Be with their caregivers and those in their family that surround them. Also, Father, we pray for especially Russell Neal. Father, bless him. Father, we're thankful for him. We're thankful for he and Linda. We're thankful that they're a part of our, our family. And Father, as he's gotten to a critical point, Father, we just we pray that you will surround them and that we as their family can surround them with love. We pray that you will bless them with peace and comfort. And Father, we, we thank you for the opportunity to uh, be around them and, and have getting, gotten to know them. And Father, we just ask you that you will place your hands upon them and Father, that you will just take care of them and that you will hold them in your hands. And Father, we ask that you will bless Russell. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come together this morning and to worship you. Forgive us of all of our many sins. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. The model church. Becoming the model church. Do you remember model cars? Oh, I loved model cars. I loved them. I had several of them. And, and, and you'll notice, I want you to look at this next picture. Man, a model car, any model for that matter, had hundreds and thousands of pieces, didn't they? And man, you'd scatter them out and their pieces be everywhere. But wasn't it beautiful in a sense like the church when all those pieces come together? Their various parts doing their thing and they create that beautiful model. My personal favorite was the 57 Chevy. Oh, I wanted a 57 Chevrolet. I wanted the real deal, but I would have taken a model. I would have taken a model of that 57 Chevy because that was my favorite car when I was a kid. And why did I like that? Because, because that model, and, and as we think about the term model this morning, there are a couple of definitions, many definitions, but a couple that I want us to think about. Number one is in the sense of, of my favorite car when I was a boy, uh, of that model representing the real original thing. But also, the model could be uh, used in the term of as an example. And so as we think about this idea of the model church and becoming the model church, what do we have to do? We have to look at the original, right? And our goal as the church of Jesus Christ should be to model the original that we read about in Scripture. And so that's what we're going to think about this morning. Maybe when we think about the model church, maybe your mind goes to... A specific church that, that you've looked at for years and years and years. And you've held that church up because of its leadership, because of the people in that church, that in your mind you thought, man, that's the model church. As I stand here this morning, I think about a few churches that I've had the opportunity to work with or know people from leadership-wise, preacher-wise. And when I have the opportunity to be at that church, I, I just think, man, that's, that's a model church. To stand in, in the uh, position where some of those great preachers have stood and because because in your mind you think man that's the they were the model preacher and, and they were involved with the model church we well, see the reality is that preacher didn't make that church a model church 
But that leadership really didn't make alone that church the model church. That membership alone did not make that church the model church. What makes a church the model church? What could be the original? Or it could be a type like the original. Or a church that's setting a standard also like the original. So what does that look like? What does the model church look like? Turn in your Bibles, if you will, to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. I want you to notice... I want you to notice some things here from 1 Thessalonians. I believe that gives us an example of the model church. And it wasn't, it wasn't individual people uh, with their individual strengths other than those things working together for one central cause. Uh, look at it again. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Look at verse 2. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers. Paul is saying this. The people he's with, we remember you, we pray for you, remembering this. Here's the key verse. Three things in verse 3 I want us to think about that I believe make the model church. Remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of our God. Isn't it interesting that I believe the things that create the model church Paul talks about several times? Faith, hope, and love. Paul says, we remember without ceasing your work of faith. So notice in the first place that Paul says, you have a faith that is in action. You have a faith that's not passive, but a faith that is being lived out among the church and also in your lives. We remember this work of of faith. You see, a transformed life by the blood of Jesus Christ is a, an individual who has a faith that doesn't set still. A faith that is in action, not a passive action, a faith that is in action working. And that idea of the word working is, is focusing on those deeds of faith. James would say, notice James chapter 2, James would say, obedient faith will be evident by works. Notice it if you will. Uh, James chapter 2 and verse 18. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works. And I will show you my faith by my works. Now notice also, he's not talking about these, these faiths, these, these works, these deeds that, that are going to save you. Uh, Paul dealt with that in Ephesians. He says, We've, we're saved by grace through faith, not of myself, not of ourselves, lest anyone should boast, look how good I am, look how I can save myself. No, it's all about God. Nor is he saying that 
you build yourself up either because of these great things that you're doing. And I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works faith was made perfect. And Paul said, we remember your work of faith. We remember all the things that you do because you're saved. We remember all the good things that you are doing to further the cause of Christ, to further your faith, to strengthen your faith, to strengthen the cause where you live. How is faith demonstrated to others? By how we live, right? You want to know where a person's faith stands? Look at how they live. Look at what they do or what they choose not to do. And that will tell us a lot about their faith. Paul says, we remember. We remember your work of faith. I think about Hebrews chapter 11. If you read through Hebrews chapter 11, it says, by faith, all of these individuals, what? Did this or that. By faith. It was evident of their faith by what they were doing. Their work of faith. Notice Romans chapter 6, beginning in verse 16, what Paul says. He reminds these people that because of their transformation, they go from one state to another. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. In other words, Paul is saying, you go from, because of transformation through the blood of Christ, you go from being a slave to sin to now, through your transformation, you are a slave to righteousness. You are a slave to God. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanliness and of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. Uh, Verse 21, he says, What fruit did you have then in the things which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness, and the end is everlasting life. You've gone from one state to another. You've gone from now, now because of your transformation, working the deeds of the flesh, to now working, doing works of faith because of your salvation. Paul says, we remember your work of faith. But notice also, he says, we remember your labor of love, verse 3. We remember your labor of love. Uh, I want you to notice verse 9. 
Uh, and verses 4 through uh, verse 8, he, he's talking about this, this transformation and, and living out your faith. But in verse 9 he says, For they themselves declare concerning us what manner of entry we had to you and how you turned from God, turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. Paul says, We know your labor of love. We remember that. That love that he's talking about is that agape love. And this kind of love should be an expression of the love, uh, expression of the Christian as it emulates the love of Christ. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 22? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. What is Jesus saying? You love God first, and then He goes on and says, love your neighbor as yourself. Love God first, and then you can love the body. And then you can love your neighbor. Notice what Paul says in Galatians 6 and verse 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Let us love all, but let us especially love those of the household of faith. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 9, Paul says, But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. You know what's interesting about that word labor? You see, Paul says we remember your work of love, your work of faith. Uh, that, that word work dealt with the individual deeds. But the word labor connected with love had to do with toil. It had to do with working at loving. You see, sometimes I think we get, we get this idea of love is, Bradley, I love you. Man, you're, you're just a great guy. I mean, look at him. Right? He looks good. He, I mean, he can sing. Look at all the things. Bro. I love you, man. But what about... See, that's easy. What about those that we have differences? Our personalities are different. We perceive things differently. We look at things differently. 1 Corinthians 12. We need the noses. We need the ears. We need the hands. We need the feet. We need the heart. They're all different. They look different. They act different. But they're needed for the body. And so we have to work. Make effort. That's the idea. So we are different. A few weeks ago, remember I said, do not leave this place without knowing you're important to the body of Christ. And we need to work at loving one another. You know why? Because that's what the model church did. The original did. Paul says, we remember your work of faith. We remember how you worked at loving one another. How you made effort to sometimes look beyond differences. 
Because we realize as we grow in faith, everyone is needed. Though I do not understand your place sometimes, but you do, and I understand mine. And when we put all that together, and we work in faith, and we labor in love, we can be a model church. Paul says, I remember your work in love, I rem- or your work of faith. I remember your labor of love. And then he says, Look, you have a firm hope in Jesus Christ. We remember your patience or steadfastness of hope in Jesus Christ. Uh, the word there is, is endurance. You're enduring in hope. And the idea of hope is not uh, a wishful thinking. Well, I hope, I hope I'm going to make it to heaven. No, the idea Paul's talking about is enduring because you're expecting. You have that expectation. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. You endure, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. He would say in Titus chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. Here it is. Here's, the, here's the, a similar word to hope. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. You remember how Paul in, in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8, how, how he talked about, hey, listen, finally I'm here. There is laid up for me the crown of righteousness with the, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give on me at that day, give to me at that day, but not to me only, to all those who love His appearing. To all those who are expecting and longing and looking for and enduring some of the things of life in expectation of that day. A few weeks ago on a Sunday night, we talked about judgment. And we made the point, judgment to those outside of Jesus Christ is a fearful day. But judgment to the child of God, that's what we're waiting for. We're waiting and expecting and longing for, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Go walk the streets of gold. Go go settle down in your mansion. Go walk with Peter and James and John and Moses and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's a great day. And that's what we long for. And that's what the model church longs for. And endures some of the difficult things of this life. The fear of war... Endure to the end. Notice what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and following about this idea. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy and has begotten us again to a living hope 
Living is not dead. We have, a, we have a, a, an expectation through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away reserved in heaven for you. Reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if, in, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. There's a lot of trials in this life. And Jesus said through, or God said through inspiration of the Holy Spirit, listen, there's going to come a day, there's a place where God shall wipe away all tears. There, is, there are no pain, no sorrow, no trials. What a great place. Do we long for that? That's what the model church in 1 Thessalonians did. That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Paul said, I remember your expectation." I remember how you endure trials and hardships because you're looking at the ultimate goal. Uh, another scripture, Hebrews chapter 11, Paul says this, These all died in faith, all these people in Hebrews chapter 11, not having received the promises, but having seen them from afar off, they were assured of them. They lived by faith and they died by faith in expectation of that heavenly city. That's the way they lived. That's the way they died. They were a part of that original. Those that were a part of that original body of Christ did that. Paul says we remember this. What is our foundation? What is it that we have a hope in? I hope it's Jesus Christ. I hope that we are like this church in Thessalonica. That we're working not so people can say, boy, man, you're doing a good job. Man, you're always up here. You're always doing work. Yes, we need encouragement. But so when that happens, people say, boy, you're doing a good job. Praise God. Because if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't be here. If it wasn't for God, I wouldn't be able to do the things that I do. And that they see us, not that because Bradley's a good guy and he's my brother in Christ, I love him. But because they see in this church people making effort to love people, even though sometimes we disagree, even though sometimes we just don't get one another. But we love you. I love you. Because God loves you and God loves me. And that puts us on the same plane in Jesus Christ. And because the trials of this life we can endure with a great expectation of heaven. My mind has been flooded with all kinds of things yesterday and today being a part of that retreat and hearing some of the things that were happening, just watching everyone, listening to what was going on. At one point, we were 
sitting in the, several of us just sitting in the main room, and they had a movie going, War Room. Great movie, by the way. And there was a scene, I, I was sitting there and I was reading some things, uh, continuing to think about this lesson, and the elderly lady in that movie said to this realtor that she's kind of been encouraging, uh, trying to help in the faith with her struggling marriage and different things. She said, You know, on the throne of our hearts, there's not room for us and God. I perked up. I said, did she just say that? I thought, wow. When we think about being the model church, Philippians chapter 2, Paul said, let us esteem others better than ourselves. Because we humble ourselves in Jesus Christ and we realize we're all needed in the body of Christ. We all have different roles. We're needed. And then I want to offer the invitation by way of this story that Matt Cook told yesterday. Last night, in his talk, he tells about his friend... And he shows this picture on the screen of this friend of his back in the late 90s or middle of the late 90s. And he's with his gang members in California, San Francisco, California. And he begins telling this story of how his friend uh, sat there at the corner of this street one night and all he did, he just wanted to relax. He didn't want to do all the things that gangs do, and he, he didn't. He just wanted to relax and, and get away from all that. He had kind of reached a point in his life he was tired of that, and he started thinking about going home. And he says, "You know what? I can go down here. I, I can go down here to this pier that man. When I was a kid, I used to hang out at. But then he realized, you know, if I go down to that pier, I'm gonna cross this neighborhood that um, uh, there's a rival gang there, and you know what? I could get shot." <coughs> He said, well, maybe, maybe you know, if I could just go home and I could hang out at home. And, uh, but then he realized, you know, there's some other people between him, where he was at, and his home that, you know what, uh, he had made mad. He used to go around uh, knocking on doors and just, just uh, trying to fight with people, picking fights. And he could go across this other place, but then there was, there was a barrier. There was another group that, you know, if he got down there, he could, he could be shot or beat up or, or something worse. And he had reached that point. He was just tired of that lifestyle. Well, Matt told, told the story. He said he did make it home. And when he got home, he was looking around his room and he found under his bed a Bible. He said, where it came from, I don't know, because I, I, I never read the Bible. And he picks up the Bible and he begins reading and he begins studying and he begins searching. All the while, he had a friend or a family member that was, that was over in the Middle East, serving in the military, who had heard the gospel of Jesus Christ and become a Christian, given his life through faith and being buried with Jesus Christ in baptism. And he was a new person. His life also had been changed. And, and this friend or family member had come home and they began to talk. And that friend or family member from the military convinced Matt Cook's friend 
through study of the Scripture, to also give his life to Jesus Christ. And he said that day he became a Christian. But here's the interesting thing. Of course, his point was when you, when you decide where you're going, it's going to cost you something. And he said, you know, you just don't get out of a gang. And he said, though his gang friends and family respected his decision, you don't just get out of a gang. That day in his driveway, or when he told them, that day in his driveway, they beat him out of the gang. And as he's laying there bloody and bruised, and as he tells his story, he says, it was worth it. It was worth it because of what he gained in Jesus Christ. He gained salvation, but he was also made a part of the church. Of people who have set an example of working in faith, of loving Him sometimes when He was unlovable, and set an example of enduring the trials of life because their focus was on heaven. Today, Jovan, Matt's friend, is a preacher of the gospel working in ministry in his native state of California with his wife and children. Imagine what service means to him. Imagine what work of faith means to him. Imagine what labor of love means to him. Imagine what enduring with expectation of heaven means to him. Matt didn't share this, but you know what? I can almost bet when it's time for God's people to gather together, Jovan doesn't say, I just don't feel good today. Man, I got a lot of things to do this week. I bet Jovan says, That's my people. And I'm making effort to love them. I'm making effort to work with them. I'm making effort to endure with them because they've made effort for me and so has God. And boy, heaven will be worth it all. What's your foundation? Are you a part of that model church? like others have made that decision to be? Are you walking in endurance with the model church? Do you need to respond to the Lord today? If so, we ask you to come as we stand and sing.